Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. This is what we find. Ezekiel chapter 9. If you ever get bummed out because of you and your world. If you ever get discouraged because of you and your peril and your problems. Just read Ezekiel. Just read the book of Ezekiel. I promise you, you'll walk away feeling a little bit better about what you're going through. But Ezekiel chapter 9 and verse number 4, the Bible says, He cried also in my ears with a loud voice. This is the Lord speaking. Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near. Even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lieth toward the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. He said, tell the men that are in charge, come and bring destroying weapons. And they came, in verse 2, and every man had a slaughter weapon in his hand. And a man, another man, Among them was clothed with linen, with a rider's inkhorn by his side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar, and the glory of the God of Israel was gone from the cherub. Whereupon he was to the threshold of the house, and he called to the man clothed with linen, which had the rider's inkhorn by his side. Verse number 4. And the Lord said unto him, he said unto the man with the inkhorn, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. God meant business. The game over and God said gather them together and bring out the men that are in charge and you tell them to bring you tell them to bring weapons of death amen we're having a meeting serious meeting and then to the seventh man there were six of those but to the seventh man he was clothed in linen with a rider's inkhorn by his side and the Lord said I want you to pass through this congregation And I want you to mark the foreheads of those that weep and cry for the abominations of this city. And I want to speak to you today from this subject, mark the weepers. Mark the weepers. 
Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost today. I feel a divine commission to preach to this church. I'm not preaching to anybody else. Amen. I'm not preaching to the church in Indiana. I'm not preaching to a church in Oregon. I'm preaching to Hatchman Apostolic Church today. And I believe that God is going to speak. Amen. Lord, I love you and I thank you and I praise you today. I'm just asking you to let your holiness settle upon this house. Lord, we have heard a tremendous word from you already today and we have felt a great presence of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm asking you today to stand with me and anoint me, Lord. I pray for your holy anointing upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated in the fear of the Lord. It was a serious time in the history of Israel and God was shaking and God was dealing and God was stirring. Jerusalem had committed sins and in doing so they had displeased God because sin always displeases God. Now I want everybody to listen to me today. Sin always displeases God. We may think we touch something and it's wrong and and, and the and the the clouds didn't gather in and no thunder snapped and everything is okay, but it's not okay because sin displeases God. They had, God's people, had, had turned all manner of things that were wrong. They were so preoccupied with the world in which they lived. They were so preoccupied in the culture of which they lived until the culture in which they lived, lived was manipulating how they lived and how they were doing and the decisions that they were making. The Bible talks about God's people being involved in things like idolatry and married to strangers and committing whoredom and all manner of evil, the scripture says. I'm going to tell you that when the Lord's word makes a broad statement of all manner of evil, we shouldn't just read those as a few little words that kind of dot, dot, dot at the end of a sentence, but all manner of evil that is encompassed in that. In our text, God had become had come because of their sin. God had come to destroy them. And so in this setting, we see that apparently that in this setting, God has had enough. Amen. Any, anybody here ever been in the presence of your parents when they had enough? Amen. Enough, and you realize that they weren't just saying that is enough, but I've heard that is enough, and it just froze time for a few seconds. And God had had enough. Amen. And so God was going to destroy them. And so we see that in this setting, because of the convicting power of God, that some apparently were weeping over the abominations that they had gotten themselves involved in. How did we drift this far away from where we started or how we started? And, and, and so some started weeping. And I want to tell you that, that desperation is a good thing because desperation has been the key many times that got us off of top dead center and it got us back in the divine and perfect will of God because we got desperate enough to do something about the situations in our lives. And so I will tell you that in that measure, desperation is a good thing. And I will also tell you that God responds to desperation. The writer James says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man 
availeth much. I have always found it interesting that the word effectual and the word fervent are derived from the same word which means and involves activity and energy. In other words, uh, in other words, he's not talking about passive prayer. He's not just talking about someone just kneeling down in silence with their lips barely moving and, and not an, an audible utterance, but he is he is talking about something that involves activity and something that involves energy. Now, I'm just going to tell you today that I feel in the Holy Ghost to get a little vulnerable. And if you hold this against me later on, that's going to be between you and God. Amen. But I'm going to obey the Lord today. And I'm going to share things with you that I generally don't share. Amen. And I, I, I'll just leave it at that. Amen. But here is this effectual and fervent prayer or this active and energetic prayer. David, David, the writer uh, of, of, the, of the, the greatest contributor, at least to the writings of Psalms, in his own immutable way, in his own immutable fashion, penned some very important words. He said in Psalms 34, 17, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and deliver them out of all their troubles. Amen. The righteous cry because there's something about desperation that gets the attention of God. In the book of Psalms 55 and 17, he said, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. There's just something about that active prayer. Amen. For the better part of two years, we have been placing a renewed focus on prayer. I'm a little bit reticent to say that sometimes because I don't want you to think that we just started praying as a church two years ago. I don't mean that at all. I mean, we have always preached prayer and practiced prayer individually and as a church. But, but for the better part of two years, we have been placing a renewed focus on prayer. We've been doing a lot of teaching on prayer, preaching on prayer, a lot of practice of prayer. Amen. We have been, uh, we have been on a journey together. Intentional prayer for individuals. We have been looking at intentional prayer for families and intentional prayer for us as a church. And if we ever experience, I believe, what God wants to do for us individually or collectively, amen, then we are going to have to pray until a personal revival comes in our own life. Amen. So I think that where we ought to pray for revival to begin is in me. Amen. Not just, Lord, let revival be in our church, but let revival be in me and let revival be in our home and let revival be in our family and, and let us be prayerful and let us be studious and let us be faithful and let all these attributes begin in me because you cannot delegate those kind of things. Amen. We cannot legislate those kind of things. You can't delegate or, or legislate relationships. Relationships have to be planted and they have to be cultivated. You've got to take care of those things. We're going to have to pray until a personal revival comes in our own life. We're going to have to fast until we have crucified our flesh to the point that we can once again hear the voice of God. We need to have a spiritual hunger until we're moved to spiritual labor pains for those who are trying to get to another level in the Lord. 
I don't think I'm alone here today. As a matter of fact, I don't think I'm even in a minority. I don't think I'm a part of a small group today of people that are trying with every fiber of their soul to go to another level with God. Amen. I know that I'm preaching to some who are brand new babes in the Lord. They are obviously reaching and trying to learn everything that they possibly can about the Lord. But I believe I'm also in the company of some veteran soldiers in this house that said, I still love him and I desire to know more about him. I still desire to discover another layer, another level, another dimension of the Lord. Amen. And so I will tell you this this morning, that until we care, God is not going to care. If we're not worried about it, you understand my illustration. Amen. If we're not worried about it, then perhaps God's not worried about it. But I want God to know that I'm worried about it. Amen. That if I had a busy week and I didn't get to pray like I, as much as I would normally get to pray, I want God to know I care about that. That bothers me. That worries me. And sometimes that happens in all of our lives when we need the Spirit of God to touch us. Amen. God has a method to reach the world. And that method is not mystical. That method is called the church. And the church is not mystical. And the church is not a foreign entity. But the church is you and I. Amen. Can you say it? I am the church. Amen. Can we say that with conviction? I am the church. I am the church. Amen. We can't, as I've said through the years, you can't just be a part of a church that supports missions and say, I'm thankful that I'm a part of a given church. The real question is how much do you give? Amen, we can't be a part of a spiritual church and say, well, I'm thankful to be a part of a spiritual church. The real question we gotta ask is how spiritual am I? Amen, I can't just say, Lord, I'm thankful to be a part of a praying church. The real question I've gotta ask is how much am I praying? I'm not talking about praying at church. I'm not talking about when we are here on Sunday and Wednesday, but how much am I praying? Amen, when the when the lights are out, how much am I praying on Monday and through the week? Do I have those times and see because you see, amen, we are the church. And if the, if the goal and the mission of the church is to reach the lost, amen, then I have to realize that I've got to be motivated and I have got to be moved. I believe that we ought to be broken. I believe that we ought to be broken by what's going on in our world today. Amen, I believe the church ought to be on its knees and its face and not just sitting in front of some in front of some television screen screaming back to CNN or Fox News and screaming back about what all's going on in our world what we really ought to do is be in a prayer room and say God I'm concerned about all the dissension that's in our nation I'm, dis- I'm concerned about all the dissension that's in our government you can go ahead and relax today. Amen. I'm not talking about who you belong to or party lines. I'm talking about the overall condition of the government of our world and where should we be as a church. I'm going to tell you where we ought to be as a church. We ought to be weeping about this. We ought to be concerned about this. Amen. When we think about how many babies are being aborted every day with permission in our world, we shouldn't have a cavalier stance on this. Where should the church be? I believe we ought to be weeping 
stooping over this. When we think about the drug addiction and the alcoholism and all the promiscuity that is running knee deep in the streets of our own community, it's not in New York City only. It's not just in Chicago only. It's not just on the West Coast only, but it is in the cities that we all occupy. Amen. And if we are dry-eyed about all of that, if we are unmoved about all of that, we may be in more trouble with God than we assume. Praise God. Praise God. Because the Lord said to Ezekiel, gather everybody together. God called a family meeting. And he said, I want you to bring men out that are in charge with destroying weapons in their hand. Amen. Ezekiel 9 is very, very strong language. Amen. He said, now we've got one more man. He's coming and that man's got on linen and that man's got a rider's inkhorn by his side and that man, he's got a special job. He's got a, he's going to be commissioned. I'm going to, I'm going to send him. I'm going to send you through the camp. And he said, I want you to mark the forehead. I want you to mark those that are weeping. I want you to mark those that are concerned. I want you to mark those that are, I want you to mark those that are, that are worried about the abomination that's going on. And if you think that mark was just some small incidental thing in scripture I want to tell you that it was akin to what happened in the book of Exodus when the Bible talks about the angel that was going to pass over and he said if you want your house to be spared he said you better take some blood and you put that blood on the side post and you put that blood above the door and when I see the blood I'm going to pass over you and so this wasn't a mark for the sake of a mark but this was a mark for the sake of salvation amen because he said the ones that weep those are the ones that that count. Amen. I want you to mark them. I want you to mark them. Amen. Mark them that show a true sign of being connected. Amen. He said if they're not if they're not weeping, if they're not concerned, he said don't count them. I realize that sounds pretty crass. Amen. We're never going to have to try to dig through a commentary to try to figure out what the Lord is saying to Ezekiel. Amen. If we were to try to bring it into a more modern setting, we could say it like this. Those who sit through church services unmoved week after week after week, he said, don't mark them. Amen. Those who hear the word, but they refuse to let the word change them and they just walk out and say, I'm going to live what I want to live and do what I want to do. He said, mark them. Those who step back from their responsibilities of prayer and fasting and witnessing. Amen. He said, I want you to mark them. I'm not trying to be unkind today, but I'm going to tell you that Brother Chris Osborne set the stage for this message today. He didn't know what I was preaching today. He didn't know what the Lord dealt with me on Friday about preaching today. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, I want to be a friend behind this pulpit this morning. I want to be a friend and tell you, amen, that somewhere along the line, we got to get concerned about more things than just what's going on at our address. We got to get concerned about what things are going on in our world but not just our personal world. Amen, I want to worry. I want to weep. I want to stay up. Amen, I want to be stirred about the lostness of people. Amen, I don't want to sit here and think, I'm so glad I found truth. Amen, the next question is, what are you doing with that truth? Amen, what are we doing with this light? Are we going to put it on a shelf? Are we going to treat it as though it's our family legacy and we'll share it with nobody else? No, amen, he said, you need to mark those that weep. Mark those Amen, it's a message that should shake us. There's a somewhat shocking or startling perhaps 
passage that's found in the Song of Solomon. It's a snapshot of a sad scene being played out between the bridegroom or the Lord and the church, the bride. The bridegroom is searching for those that are prepared, those that are ready. Amen, there's a lot of people that are ready, they're just not dressed. Amen. They're ready, but they're just not dressed. And so the bridegroom is searching for those that are prepared, but he's not willing to wait for those that aren't. Song of Solomon 5 and 2, the Bible says, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. For my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. I have, here's the response, I have put off my coat. Uh, Somebody standing at the door knocking. The Lord is standing at the door knocking and said, Let me in. I want to come in. Amen. I want to come in. I want to come in to you, my love, my dove. And the response is on the other side of the door, Well, I've already taken off my coat. And how am I going to put on my coat again? You mean I, I want to put, you want me to put my coat back on again? And then he said, I have washed my feet. And how shall I defile my feet? We need to understand the contextual setting of this that, that it was, they lived in an era and a time of just dirt or sand floors. And so the last thing they would do is wash their feet beside the bed in a basin so that they wouldn't get dirt and mud into the bed. That makes sense. Amen. And so here is the Lord, the bridegroom that's on the outside. It says, open my love. Open my beloved. I want to come in to you. I want to be with you. Amen. And the response is, I've already taken off my jacket. I'm going to have to put my coat back on. You mean to tell me if I get up, I'm going to have to walk in the sand? I'm going to have to wash my feet again? Amen. And so sometimes the Lord is calling us and the Lord is saying, why don't you come on just a little bit closer? Why don't you go to another level in prayer why don't we come and get involved in one of the ministries of the church and we say well I've already got so much going on I've already done this and you want me to do that I've already made this sacrifice and you're wanting me to make another sacrifice and I will tell you today amen the Bible says that my beloved put his hand by the hole of the door and my bowels were moved for him and I arose to open to my beloved and my hands dropped with myrrh and my fingers with a sweet smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock and I opened to my beloved but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone amen and was gone and was gone and was gone and was gone are you hearing me today amen when the spirit of the Lord is moving and the spirit of the Lord says why don't you step out of your aisle why don't you step out of your pew why don't you worship me a little bit amen the Lord is only going to call us so many times about that but if we want to stay still and stubborn and fold our arms and disconnect amen the Lord will move on to somebody else he'll move on to somewhere else and when we finally say well okay I'll open the door and all we're going to see and smell is the fragrance of where the Lord has been can I tell you as a pastor of this church I'm thankful for the history of our church amen but I am not trying to build a church on where the Lord has been I'm not trying to build a church on what God has done in our past I don't want to open the door and find out what God did yesterday I want to open the door and say speak to me Lord and stir me today and help us to move into our tomorrows help us to move into our tomorrows praise God it scares me it scares me I'm speaking as your pastor today 
But it scares me when I see the power and the presence of the Lord moving in our services in such a powerful way. And I see people that profess the Holy Ghost who are woefully disconnected to what God is doing. I'm not telling you you got to turn a bunch of somersaults down to the front to impress me. I'm not asking you to impress me. But I'm going to tell you sometimes God is moving in our services so strong and people are just worried about when we're getting out. Amen. What was the title of your message? Faithful Wounds. Amen. I felt a little bad. I couldn't remember it until you couldn't remember it. Amen. Amen. Faithful Wounds. Amen. I want to love us enough tonight to let it today to tell us that we got to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Amen. It grieves me. It grieves me sometimes. If it grieves me, I wonder what it does to God. Amen. When he's trying to move toward the end of our service and we're packing our stuff up and we're getting ready to check out of here. Amen. We're just kind of waiting like the racehorse at a gate for that gate to drop and let's get out of here and go on to do our merry thing. I'm telling you, God, help us and God, forgive us. Amen. I doubt, I, I seriously doubt. I want to speak with great deference today to everybody, but I seriously doubt that whatever we got waiting for us on the other side of that door is more important than what God has waiting for us on this side of the door and so I say move sweet lamb of God move sweet lamb of God and stir us amen I'm not just asking you to stir us at 10 on Sunday or 7.30 on Wednesday amen but will you join me here today I'm asking you to stir this congregation at 8 o'clock at night on Tuesday Amen. I'm asking you to stir members of our church at two o'clock in the morning on Friday. Amen. Just stir us, oh God, where we gotta get out of that bed and I gotta kneel down. I gotta say, Lord, speak thy servant heareth. Amen. Lord, touch me today and anoint my steps. God is wanting to do. Amen. We gotta work while it's day. Amen. We must be careful. Amen. We must be very careful. Amen. To realize that we are surrounded by a world that is filled with problems every day. Hallelujah. To be sure we're, the, we're not living in a world filled with new problems. We're living in a world that is filled with problems that is as old as time itself. In Matthew chapter 9, Matthew captures the words of Jesus when he explains an age-old fundamental problem. The harvest, he said, is great. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers, that's where we're running into trouble. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the field. For the Lord is looking for those who are willing to labor in the field. Amen. The, descript, the scripture declares for you and I today the formula for us to work in the field with. Once again, once again, it's that, it's that pen and parchment of David that we rely on for this in Psalms 126 and 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. There's just something about weeping in ministry. There's just something about brokenness in souls. There's just something about that being concerned, going the extra mile. Amen. Prayer, prayer, prayer changes things. Prayer has changed mankind. Prayer has conquered nations. Prayer has healed diseases. And prayer has rocked untold foundations. I mentioned this passage of scripture this past Wednesday night, but Simon Peter was in prison and was scheduled to be executed the next day. However, 
Amen. He rested in assurance that God was going to somehow intercept this situation. And he did so in Acts 12 and 5. He had no idea. Amen. But Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. While Peter was in prison, however, prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Peter was in a mess. Amen. Peter had the weight of the world hanging over his shoulders. Peter understood, amen, that if God doesn't intervene in this situation, that surely I'm going to meet my executioner in the morning. Amen. He had faith in the promises of God that I mentioned Wednesday night, not taken away from that. But what made those promises come into fruition wasn't the initial. You know, everybody could have just went to bed because God had already said you're going to be an old man. God already said people's going to have to dress you and lead you around. So everybody could have said, well, God's got this. But the church said, wait a minute. We got to pray without ceasing. Prayer takes time and prayer takes effort and prayer takes energy. And I want to look again at some of the words that David has given us to, to glean from. In, in, in Psalms 55, 17, David said, evening and morning and at noon will I pray. That speaks about duration. He talks about evening, morning and at noon I'm going to pray. And then David said, and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. And so that takes energy. It takes energy to lift up your voice. It, it takes energy to do what I'm doing right now because I'm lifting up my voice and I'm declaring unto you, amen, this word of the Lord. It's taking energy from me. It's taking strength from me. Amen. And so we got to realize that prayer, David said, I'm going to, I'm going to do this in a duration. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a pattern. And he said, evening and morning and noon, that's duration I'm going to stay with this I'm going to pray and then I'm going to pray again and then I'm going to pray again and then I'm going to pray again and I'm not going to kneel down and I'm not going to panicate prayer but I'm going to lift my voice and I'm going to cry unto the Lord it takes it takes energy it takes effort I remember some weeks ago amen brother Bobby Gibson was talking about his dad and his dad's personal prayer life and he said I can just remember my dad I'm not suggesting you go home and parrot this I'm just sharing amen he could do it more adequately adequately than me but we would walk in the bedroom and see his dad praying he was all alone no choir in the background nobody there to impress he's not trying to touch this world he's trying to touch that world he said my dad would just be shaking am I telling this okay my dad would just be shaking and my dad would be lifting his voice in prayer amen it was a prayer a petition it wasn't oh sweet lord and bless us Jesus and touch us Jesus and help us Jesus and put a band-aid over here Jesus and put a little stuff over here but it was something about intercession it was something about bridging the gap between this world and that world I don't, I don't talk about stuff like this a whole lot so I want you to listen but I had a dream in the early hours of this past Thursday morning. And I'll just say this for saying it's sake. I've shared this probably publicly some, some, but I don't talk about it a lot, but I've privately talked about it. But all of my, uh, at least my adult life, certainly my ministerial life, God has always dealt with me in dreams. And they've always been in the same fashion, in this sense that God always deals with me in dreams in the wee hours of the mornings, just before day. Often when the Lord is dealing with me in a dream, it is that dream that wakes me up. 
Everybody all right? I'm, I'm as serious as the next breath that you hope to take. And in this dream, and, and I, I hope that, that you understand sometimes how, how um, mystical dreams can be. In other words, you can know something about that dream or know where you are, but you know you're not maybe necessarily there. Does that, that'll make sense to the dreamers. But in my dream, we were gathered somewhere to pray. Sister Rayleigh, it was our church family. But I could not make out or discern one face that it was Junior Trail or Mary Smith or Shirley Pope, but it was us. And we were gathered into a place praying, but it wasn't 503 Southeast Cephas Liston Road. It wasn't this building, in other words. And I had just called us to prayer. And I could just remember being so burdened and so, so burdened. That's the only word I know to say that we need to pray. And when I said that, there were benches around the walls of this room that we were in. And when I said that, every single person in that room knelt down at those benches and those pews began to pray but there wasn't one sound, Sister Amanda, that was uttered. Not one sound. And it was as though you were just praying in obedience to my command to pray. And it was as quiet then as it is right now. And something without warning in my dream washed over me. And I became a man that I am not ordinarily. And there was a righteous indignation that just stirred over me, Sister Lana. And I started screaming. With everything in me, I started screaming. And I started screaming, no, 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 no. No, I just screaming no. And I could tell everybody in the room was startled. And I said, you need to let your voice be heard. You need to let your voice be heard. And I'm going to tell you something, that even in my dream, I can remember one split second where a voice said to me, you are going to make everybody in this room mad at you. And to be honest, amen, and to be honest with you, I'm pretty well out there, so I just will to finish it. To be honest with you in my dream, for just a second, there was a spirit of insurrection that rose up from the whole crowd. A spirit of anger. It was just a second. A spirit of pushback. A spirit of who do you think you are? A spirit of what in the world are you doing? But just in that same instant that there was that pushback, 
Everyone turned around and knelt back down, but this time you lifted your head and you lifted your voice and you began to pray. And when we began to pray together, I'm going to tell you, amen, there was something that broke in the spirit. Amen, there was something that broke in the spirit. And when I, when I got to that point in my dream, I woke up and I just laid in my bed, Brother Rayleigh. Amen, pardon me for being this vulnerable. Amen, but I'm just gonna, I just have to tell you this. I woke up, I woke up in my bed. I woke up in my bed and I thought, oh God, oh God, oh God. I got up and I went straight back into one place in our home that is my prayer room. And I just laid before the Lord and I said, God, I need you to touch my mind and my heart. Amen, I need you to help me to make sense of this. Amen, and the spirit of the Lord just pressed in my heart. Heart. Amen. That we should not be passive in our prayer. They'll take care of all this. You need to stay with me. Amen. They'll take care of all that. Amen. We need not to be passive in our prayer. And we need not to be passive in our praise. And we need not be passionate in our worship. And we need not be passionate in our faith. Amen. I'm going to tell you the central truth of the scripture is, is that the church body has got to have a passion for the work of God. I'm going to tell you we need to be concerned about not if we can just barely get here on time for church. Amen. We need to make sure we get here in time to pray before church. Amen. Why? Because we need the anointing of God and the power of God and the fervor of God and I'm going to tell you, we don't need to have somebody behind this pulpit saying come on now, let's raise our hands. Come on now, let's worship the Lord. Come on now. Amen. Preach with me. Come on now. Amen. There needs to be something that is just released in us and so today, I've come to this pulpit, Brother Josh Harden. Amen. I've come coming here to try to make enemies of you, amen, but I'm coming here today as a friend to say no, 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 amen, I don't want you to get mad, I don't want you to get angry, I don't want you to push back, what I want you to do is turn around and say yes Lord, hey yes Lord, I'm going to turn up my praise, I'm going to turn up my worship, I'm going to say yes Lord, I'm going to amp up, I'm going to amp up my participation, I'm going to say yes Lord, I'm going to be here when the doors are open. I'm going to say, yes, Lord. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be engaged. I'm going to be a part of it. Amen. Because it's dangerous not to be. It's dangerous not to be. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings today. But oh, what a sad thing it would be to say, amen. Come on. We, we got a guest. We got a guest with us today. And some man walks through an angel with an inkhorn by his side. Everybody's sitting here in church, but your mind's a million miles away. So, well, no, no, no. I got to find some weepers. I got to find somebody that's connected to this. Amen. I got to find somebody because you see, to those that are not connected and to those that are not weeping and to those that don't care, you know what those other six men were there for? Amen. They were there to take care of business. Amen. They were there to say, Amen. If you're not going to connect, I'm going to tell you, I feel a whole. Hallelujah. I feel a holy danger in my spirit today. Amen. It's time to stop playing. It's time to stop. If you're playing church, it's time to stop playing church. Amen. We need to say, oh Lord, let me find you. Oh Lord, let me make my way back. As a matter of fact, you ought to be making your way back right now. Amen. Oh Lord, let me find a place between the porch and the altar. Oh Lord, let me find a place of repentance. Oh Lord, give me back my first love oh hallelujah my God 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 oh
Let every Holy Ghost filled person be moved. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you've got to be down at this front, but I'm telling you, you need to be engaged. You need to be moved somehow. Help me open my mouth. Oh, God, help me engage my spirit. Oh, God. I want to be among the weepers that are marked. I want to be among the weepers that are marked. I want to be among the weepers that are marked. In the mighty name of Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.